you may be seated in the presence of God. I want to preach for a few moments with the subject, the collectors. The collectors. I know October is tax time, and I seen somebody the other day putting out things saying, uh, don't forget to pay your taxes. There's a tax collector looking for your money, right? I had a friend that lived in Conway years ago, and, and Conway uh, at the time had a paper. I don't know if they still do or not, but they would post who didn't pay their taxes. And so if your name was in there and he knew you, he would call you and say, hey, I seen you didn't pay your taxes. <laughs> and so we understand that Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector. How many knows that Jesus is collecting souls? He's saving the lost. He's seeking the lost out. The book of Luke captures two kinds of collectors here in this passage. The story of Zacchaeus and Jesus is a story about two collectors that collect different things. The Bible's clear to tell us that Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he was rich. He was a good one. The Bible says he was the chief tax collector. And on the other side we have Jesus who is the collector of lost souls. Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I believe it's important for us to see in our text that Jesus and Zacchaeus are looking for each other. I know I already mentioned that's they were looking for each other. Jesus knew where Zacchaeus was. Amen? And Zacchaeus was trying to see Jesus. The Hensons, an old gospel singing group, they used to sing a song, and I don't know if this is the title of the song or not, but it had a line in it that says, I'm so glad that he found me. <laughs> I want to tell you what. A lot of times Jesus is finding us, and we think we're finding him. He's really finding us. Amen? He's finding us. When it comes to the issue of us searching for God and God searching for us, the Bible's very clear that God is the one who initiates the search. Amen? It's easy to see. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, immediately after Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned, it was God who responded to Adam and Eve first. How many remember that? Genesis 3 and 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord uh, of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And verse number 9 says, Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Adam and Eve was hiding. It was God that he initiated the search for them. God was the first one to gain Moses' attention. You remember this? Uh, Exodus 3 and 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to Hebron. Uh, or Horeb, I'm sorry. I'm just reading through it fast. I'm trying to get through for the baptism. Sorry. Anyway, that's the mountain of God. Verse number 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. He's talking about why it didn't just burn up. So when, he, when, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Two examples right there. 
Jesus. God is initiating contact with human beings. I am so glad that he thinks so much of us and loves us so much that he comes after us. He comes after us. What is true in the Old Testament is also true in the New Testament. God makes the first move when he sent Jesus into this world. (laughs) Thank God for Jesus. I believe the only reason Zacchaeus hears about Jesus is because he makes the first move. Jesus is coming through Jericho, and he heard about it, and he wanted to see this guy, Jesus. It doesn't matter if, when, or where you start looking for Jesus He has already been pursuing you. Like I said earlier, we feel like that we're the ones that we find Jesus. We do. We feel, well, I even hear people say, well, I found the Lord. No, he found you. He found you. Jesus is looking for you and me tonight. Jesus is searching us out. Jesus is calling us out. Hallelujah. Miss Metza said it a minute ago. Called them by name. Called Adam by name. Called Moses by name. Called Zacchaeus by name. The very moment you and I got up this morning, guess what? Jesus was looking for us. Not that you was lost and he didn't know where you was at. He knew exactly where you was at. As we were brushing our teeth this morning, he was looking for us. Fixing our hair. Looking for our clothes this morning. Jesus was looking for us. I believe he's looking for us in order to give us a couple different things. And I, w- I want to go over them here, here in just a second. But the number one thing I believe he's looking to give us is spiritual salvation. I, I believe that's what he wants to give us first. I, I don't believe there's any doubt in the word of God. He wants everyone to be saved. I read the scripture uh, Sunday, I think it was, that it's his will for every man to be saved. So when you're praying his will for somebody to be saved, you're in God's perfect will praying that prayer because it's his will for them to be saved. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says, today's the day of salvation. That's the abbreviated version. That's the end part of that verse. Today is the day of salvation. Luke 9 and 19 and part of our text, today's salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. Today is the perfect day for salvation. It's the number one thing God wants to do in our life is to, is to save our soul. He, wa- he wants us to believe on him. And, and that's the number one thing. You and I, we can know today without a, without a shadow of a doubt that we're saved. There's no question. I know sometimes when I, when I was younger, I thought, you know, am I really saved? How many has ever been there? Anybody? Is it just me? Am I really saved? What I come to realize the older I got is the devil sitting there speaking in my ear said, you're not saved. You can't do this. He didn't really forgive you. You did too much. He, he can't be that loving. Can I tell you, he is. He does. He will continue to be loving on us, saving us, forgiving us. The second thing I believe he's looking to give us today, tomorrow, next week, next year, the ongoing personal relationship with him. He's not just a savior. I have a sermon sitting on my computer. When God releases me to preach, I'm going to preach it. It's called fire insurance. He's just not fire insurance. He's not just to save us from hell. He wants a personal relationship with, him, with, with me and you. When we get to heaven, he's already going to know us. If you're a son or a daughter of God, he's already going to know you. Some people think they're going to get to heaven and, and get to meet Jesus and, and don't know anything about how. Well, tell me something about you. 
He wants to be your personal Savior right now. He wants you to know all about Him right now. Some people think that, uh, that when they get to heaven, well, they're not meeting. Then they're not spend time with Jesus. Today is the day that we need to have that relationship. <clears throat> when we get to see Jesus for the first time, yeah, we're going to see Him in all of His glory, all of His splendor. But we're going to know all about Him already. Hallelujah. Verse number 5 of our text gives us proof that Jesus is always looking for us. Listen to this, uh, Luke 19 and 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, he knows your name. He knows my name. He knows your name. You know what? I've seen some people. I'll tell you a little story. We're just relaxed tonight on a Wednesday night. Is everybody relaxed? I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm going to slow down and just relax. I've had a long day already. Had a long, long day yesterday. Jesus knows our name. I was in Houston. It had been, been a few years ago now. And I had somebody. I, I seen them and I recognized them. Didn't, didn't know who they were, but I, I knew I recognized them. And I went up and I said, hey, how, how are you doing? You doing all right? And he said, uh, yeah. He said, how do I know you? Well, that's a reasonable question. Except for his wife slapped him in the belly and said, you know exactly who he is. Talking about me. I didn't know who he was, but I recognized his face. He was big timing me. He's too big. He, he's acting like he doesn't know me. Oh, who are you? Who are you? I thought. I'm Drew Foster. I, you know, I, just, I don't know how I know you, though. I know I'm, I've seen you somewhere. And uh, he was a gentleman I'd met in Missouri years ago, whatever. But sometimes people big time. They try to big time, you know. Jesus doesn't big time anybody. He knows your name. He comes to you. He's going to know your name. I'll tell you another quick story. We were in Conway. And uh, how many know Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys? I was at an event with Jerry Jones. And uh, I went up to him. I thought, well, I'm going to get him to autograph something. I'm not a fan of his. I, well, I am a fan of him. I'm not a fan of his team. Um, I'll put it that way. I'm not a Cowboy fan, but I like Jerry Jones. He loves his football team. He puts his money where his mouth is. He, he works to win. Uh, so anyway, I walked up to Jerry, and, I, and uh, I said, hey, would you sign this for my brother-in-law? Because he's a huge Cowboy fan. And uh, he said, sure. And he signed it for me. And uh, I, start, I said, said thank you, and I started to walk off. And he stuck out his hand to shake my hand. And I said, oh. And I, I turned around and I sh- put my hand out there. By that time, he had turned his head. And so I, thought, I started to walk off again. And I seen him just out of the corner of my eye. He stuck his hand out again. I was like, oh, we're just big time in each other. I said, I'm out of here. Silly story. It has nothing to do with the sermon. So you just edit that out, okay? <laughs> just edit it out. Jesus knows your name. He wants the personal relationship with us. And I'm so glad he does. The question is not whether Jesus is looking for us, but are we looking for Jesus? Are we looking for Jesus? There's a different reason that people go looking for Jesus. Most of the time we go looking for Jesus when we lose everything. When we're out of money, when we hit rock bottom, when no one else will help you, then it's time to pray, God, help me. What am I going to do? When disaster strikes, people start praying. 
When a crisis arises, we start looking for God. God, can you help me with this? But what I see more than anything is people looking for God as their last resort. It's the very last thing I want to do. You know what? I've got my life to live. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to do what Drew wants to do. And I'll, I'll get with God later. I'll check in with him when I'm about ready to die. And we put him as last resort. I'm going to try everything. Try my money. Get sick. I'm going to try all the doctors I can try. Instead of making God our first choice, we make him our last resort. Sometimes I believe God is trying to get our attention at any cost. (laughs) Sometimes God's trying to use the circumstances to get you to look for him. It's the truth. There are others like Zacchaeus that look for Jesus because there's a void that he can't fill. You remember Zacchaeus is rich. But he wanted to see Jesus. There was something drawing him to Jesus. You know, earlier in Luke, we see a story where uh, a, a beggar is healed. How many remember that? I, th- I think it's kind of funny that Jesus lifted up the beggar, told him to get up, and he told Zacchaeus to get down. Think about it a minute. The beggar he picked up, raised him up, told him to get up. Zacchaeus was rich and high and mighty. He told him to get down. We're all going to be on the same level of field when you're going to meet Jesus. No one's better than anybody else. That's not part of my sermon either. I'll keep moving. Zacchaeus was looking because he had a void in his life and he was trying to fill it, I'm sure, with other things. Zacchaeus had everything. He was rich, but he had a drawing. He wanted to see Jesus. Everything Zacchaeus did in order to see Jesus and everything Zacchaeus did after he met Jesus shows that his want to see Jesus was more important than any other want that he had. When we get to the point where what we want is Jesus more than anything else, you're in the right place. To get to see Jesus the way you want to see him, you may have to do some unusual things. We don't like that. I don't want to come out of my box. I don't want to do an unusual thing. God, just, just do it for me right here. I, I just want you to bless me right here. and just I'll be quiet and just wait for you. If my memory serves me, the last time... I climbed a tree. I was about 10 or 12 years old. I was in Midway, Illinois. And I climbed that tree, and I was sitting talking to my cousin. And somehow, I fell backwards out of that tree. All I remember, it was nighttime, and I'm not sure if I fell out with a concussion. I have no idea what happened. But when I landed on the ground, I couldn't breathe. It knocked all the air out of me. And you've been there before. You know how it is your terrible feeling now I'm sure Zacchaeus was a better climber than I was he probably had more balance than I have you know what but he knew to see Jesus he had to do the unusual thing he got to where he could see him he positioned himself to see Jesus Hmm. I was in a tree for fun 
Zacchaeus was doing the unusual to see Jesus. I don't believe we have to do crazy things to see God move. I, I don't. I don't think we have to swing off chandeliers, which we don't have any in here. We don't have to do all these crazy things to see Jesus. But we had to align ourselves right. We had to position ourselves right so we can see Jesus move in our lives. I, don't believe, I, I do believe we have to do that. I do believe we have to make an effort to see Jesus move in our lives. Some Christians are content to say, well, you know what? I have my fire insurance. I'm saved. I'm good. I don't need God to do anything else in my life until the crisis. I believe he's an everyday Jesus. He's an everyday personal Savior. And I believe that we need to have that relationship with him every day. And so we need to do whatever it takes to be in position to see Jesus every day. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was a short man, because of the crowd, he couldn't see Jesus. So he ran ahead and climbed into a tree to see Jesus because he was coming that way. Let me say this. If we will provide the want to... God will provide the how-to. <laughs> when we speak of wanting to see Jesus, we're speaking of a wanting uh, that is intense. When you want to see Jesus, it's not just like I said, but, well, Jesus, if you want to move my... When you want Jesus' attention, in my Bible, which is your Bible, says if you'll hunger and thirst after me, you're going to be filled. But what I see all through there, he says, lift your voice, shout to the Lord. He's a God that likes to be praised. He's a God that wants to have a relationship with you. Well, the how-to, God provided a tree. He provided a tree at the right spot so Zacchaeus could climb up and see him. After Jesus ascended into heaven, God proved another how-to, which was the Word of God. The Bible is the complete, accurate way you and I can see Jesus. You're thinking, Pastor, I thought he was going to go a different avenue. No, you can see Jesus right through this book. Hallelujah. Brother Burrow said, he only wrote one book. He expects you to read it. <laughs> as we study and as we pray, God's word will reveal Jesus to us. Finding Jesus will change your life. It changed Zacchaeus' life. When Zacchaeus found Jesus, he immediately rearranged his priorities. Did you notice that? Immediately, his mind, his thoughts changed. Verse number 8, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. Jesus didn't coerce that. He just, when you get in the presence of Jesus, you begin to change. You do. You, you, you can be saved. You can be healed. Your attitude. You know, so much of the time we want Jesus to do something for us. He wanted to turn it around for us. What he's trying to do is change us to be more like him. Amen. Nowhere does it say that Jesus asked Zacchaeus to give so much money away or to pay back four times the amount he had cheated people out of. It appears that Zacchaeus made that decision all by himself because he was in Jesus' presence. People who have a genuine encounter with Jesus don't always need to be told what to do. The Lord can speak for himself. I know there's, 
there's instruction from ministers, from teachers, from pastors and things. Sometimes the Lord convicts you and lets you know some things. People that have a genuine encounter with God doesn't have a problem with their money either. He's a rich man. Remember the rich young ruler? He had a problem with parting with his money. I see the youth is in here. Well, I'm about just about done. Matter of fact, it, it, if they want to go ahead and get ready, is, is Lillian ready? Dressed and ready? Okay. All right. Let me tell you, tonight, God's looking for me and you. Amen? God is looking for me and you, and we need to be looking for him. He's looking to save us. He's looking to live in us. The question we need to ask ourselves this time is, are we looking for him? Are we looking for him? If you're looking for him, then you can find him when you start looking. Say, where, where can I find Jesus? It's wherever you start looking. <laughs> it's wherever you start looking. If you will seek me, you will find me. The Bible says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. If you hear him on your knocking on your heart's door, just say yes, Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Come on in, Jesus. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus up in the tree, he told him to come down. Zacchaeus at that moment had to make a decision. Am I going to come down? Am I going to obey the Savior? Am I going to come down and meet Jesus? He could stay in the tree or he could come down. He came down. I want you to know tonight, that same Jesus is here for us today. What he did in Zacchaeus' life, he can do in yours. He's looking for you. There's no question he loves you. There's no question it's his will for you to be saved. He's looking for you tonight. Are you looking for him? Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's, it's anointed already. I thank you, Lord, that it, it, it cuts to the bone of mankind. I ask you, Lord, right now to minister to each one of these people that's heard the word. Lord, I, I pray that you seal the word in their hearts. Lord, from this day forward, they can't forget the story of Zacchaeus and how he met you and how he was looking for you. But not only that, Father, you was already looking for him. I thank you and I praise you. Bless this service, Father. Bless these people as we go from here tonight. Bless this baptism, Lord, as this young lady makes a commitment to follow you and to follow Christ and, and, and what he did here on earth. Father, I ask you right now to bless these people from this moment forward. Amen.